Gray Fox. Praise games. Kept you waiting, huh? Hello, friends, and welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video game podcast for people who like to praise the sun. And join me on my fire team chat. I'm going to go through my co-hosts first of all, Mike and Carden Edwards, aka Michaelness. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good, thank you very much. How are you doing? You know what? Not many people ask that back to me, mate. I'm doing fucking fantastic. And joining us is our man. It is our producer, producer Moles. Let's just bring him in for a second, Molesy. How are you doing, pal? I'm good, thank you very much, fella. Very good. Nice, nice, nice. I am Adam Flint, the host of this here establishment. You can find me on our gamer tag at Guardian Flinty. But Michael Cardin Edwards, I'd like to start this off with what are you playing right now? Because you can learn a lot about a man by what they're playing right now. What are you playing right now, son? Well, I've been moving house uh, quite quite heavily over the last couple of months, and all I've really had time to play is endless hours of football manager. <laughs> because that requires a laptop and i've been playing Link's awakening on the switch ah beautiful because that was on sale wasn't it on the, it the switch store um over black friday so i mean that art house style incredible right it's it's absolutely delightful um i was really reticent to pull the trigger on it beforehand just because i've heard a lot about the frame rate about it um being low fps not performing very well people say they get headaches from playing it and things like that i'm quite sensitive to frame rates like i i need I need. I don't need a sixty FPS, but I need something locked. I mean, I know you don't want to feel like it, you don't want it chugging. Exactly, um, and this is like this is what if you play Bloodborne on uh, PS4, but certainly a base PS4, it goes all over the place, uh, and that kind of tested my patience. That was the limit of what I could do. Same if you played Dark Souls on uh, like PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty, and you'd have. Well, I don't know if it was even available for PS3. Playing Dark Souls, the original on last gen or last last gen hardware, if you go to Blight Town and the FPS drops to like ten. It's a f***ing nightmare. We said we wouldn't swear, so I'm hoping you're going to edit over that <laughs> with something fun. Balls um, of steel. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, no, no, it, it's, really, it, look, it's a charming, charming game. The thing that grabs you most about it, other than the art style, is the fact that it's old school. There's no hand-holding, really. It's just it's old school Zelda, and it's really simple, but it's really, really good. The gameplay holds up. The art style brings it to life. It's a magical experience, and I'm really, I'm really happy that I uh, took the plunge. Can can you still rob the shop? Because that's all I remember of the region. Constantly <laughs> robbing Pillaging the shop. <laughs> I haven't robbed the shop. How did you even do that? The I I logged a lot of hours on the original Game Boy, um, playing Link's Awakening. It's just the theme tune at the start is brilliant. Um, there, there's a point in the game if you keep visiting the shop, um, the shopkeeper will have his back turned to you and you can just go and take yourself whatever item you want up to the counter and just take it and then walk out Uh, and then next time you go and visit him later on he he knows you're a thief and he shouts oh stop thief and then he just instantly kills you so I I hope they've put that little that little function back I will investigate this and for the next show that we do I will report back on my findings but um no so far it's the beauty of the Nintendo Switch right portable um I haven't really been able to do much of proper gaming so I've either got a laptop for football manager or I've got 
Link's Awakening on the Switch. Perfect. Nice, man. I mean, I've got, I've got to be honest. Ladies and gentlemen, my name's Adam Flint, 35 years young, and I've not played many Zelda games other than Breath of the Wild on your recommendation. For people that have owned, that are like me, who have not played that many Zelda games other than Breath of the Wild, is this a stark contrast? Is this something you're going to dig, or is it going to, are you going to brush up against it? It's, um, so I hadn't played too many of the old school Zeldas either. Um, Majora's Mask, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time is where I started with the Zelda series. Um, so the old kind of 2D ones, I, much like you, I'm not big on them. I don't know too much about it. But what I would say is that if you like Breath of the Wild, it's a vastly, vastly different game. But the signature Zelda love in terms of the sound effects, the music, the just the the sense of wonder and the accomplishment when you get a secret item or you complete a puzzle or you do something that kind of, you know, when you like in breath of the wild, when you complete a, uh, like a dungeon or, or what they called the shrines and yeah, you get yeah. the, you know, those types of sound effects, they're all kind of present in this one. And the, the puzzles are a lot more obtuse. So there's, le- it feels to me like there's a lot less handholding. So the sense of accomplishment is actually greater um, there's things that I'm at the point now where I am literally wandering around because I can't remember what that f- almost swore again there. I can't remember <laughs> what that owl said to me in terms of what I have to do next. So right now I'm literally wandering around, not a Scooby of what to do. And it's just as enjoyable. So yeah, I, I would recommend it. So certainly if you can get it on sale. Nice, nice. I have to also, because uh, we know a lot about what you're doing. Oh no, you're not doing as well, son. If, what, what are you not playing right now that I wish you were? What am I not playing right now? Yeah, like what, what's like for example, I don't have a PS5, and I really want to be playing Demon Souls. Like, what's what's out there right now that's that's not on your radar? You want to get on your fingers? Um, there's two. There's two games. One of them is not Cyberpunk, by the way. Um, oh, spicy! Because the look, at the end of the day, I don't have a PlayStation Five either. I was not able to obtain one. I do not. Oh, I what? because I've heard of the. I've heard of the differences between the graphical fidelity of the PC version. If you've got like one of the crazy expensive graphics cards, mm. the, the the difference between that and a PlayStation four or Xbox, whatever series, whatever it is. Um, Cause the, the next gen patch isn't out yet, right? That's not going to be yeah, out yeah. until next year. The difference is stark. Um, I, my gaming laptop is not beefy enough to be able to play cyberpunk whatsoever. Um, I want to experience this game in all of its glory. So I am waiting till I get a PlayStation five and then I can actually play it. That won't be till next year at some point. So I'm not, I'm not jealous. If you know what I mean? Uh, I am, however, much like you jealous of people playing demon souls. I'm a souls fan, a big souls. You fan. are our souls, man. You this are a what, souls man. <laughs> this is, well, this is why we had praise the sun at the start, right? This is, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why I, I need that in my life. But, um, no, it's that. And I think you're going to mention this one. Um, it's, um, Hyrule uh, Warriors uh, Age of Calamity. Um, I played the demo for it on the Switch. I can't quite justify dropping 50 notes on it right now. Um, but what I've played of it, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, I find the, um, what the, 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 what the, what they called the Mosu, Musu, I can never pronounce it. Yeah, that, yeah. that style of games, so Dynasty Warriors, uh, Gundam Warriors that I used to play with Matthew Jackson at university, the ones where you have a gazillion enemies and you just basically plow through. I find those games uh quite relaxing in a very strange way the only thing about those games i struggle with are the ones where you are basically rocking around and then you get a notification buried under 50 other notifications saying oh gate b is 
about to fall and you don't realize it until there's five seconds left. You've spent 25 minutes on a level. You then get the notification which says it's about to fall, buried under all the other notifications. With five seconds to go, you realize gate B is about 50 million miles away on the map. You can't get there. You fail the mission. Cue a lot of irritation. Um, the new one doesn't have too much of that, which is quite a relief. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing that. Nice. So, man, I the one thing that's putting me off, just a little thing, is that similar to you, I I don't care too much about fidelity. To be honest, I've got a base PS4 at the moment. I tried to give it an extra sense of life by sticking a new hard drive in it, and that's kept it going just about. But um, one thing I'm starting to notice on my Switch is it is starting to chug a bit, even with like we're looking, we're talking about games that have been remastered from like seven or eight years ago. But and all that looks fantastic on the little screen. When you do blow it up on the bigger version, you, you start to see the cracks and. One thing that I'm a little bit concerned about when I looked at the Age of Calamity videos, I was like, well, that's going to make my Switch explode. I'm kind of scared of how, how it's going to react to it. But that is definitely on my my list of stuff that I wish I was playing right now as well. Uh, obviously, Demon Souls, you've mentioned it before. That's that's, that's pretty cracking. Um, I suppose the uh, one thing I am I'm playing at the moment, and also what I wish to play, I've been uh, diving in on Marvel's Avengers, the uh, Crystal Dynamics game, been playing it on PS4 base, and... This is such a game of like free stories here, right? Now I'm a sucker for first for day one games, right? You're looking at the guy who bought Sky, um, No Man's Sky on day one. Disappointingly, I know that's built up its whole thing now, but yeah, I, yeah, I was one of those suckers. Um, also, I was one of the early adopters of Destiny, and yeah, you know, similar to yourself, Mike. Yeah, you, know, you and me on our fire team for for years. Didn't, didn't you buy Anthem? I did buy Anthem on day one. Yes, I, I don't have a good track record for games as a service buying day one. So I legitimately, when the demo came out, remember over lockdown, the demo came out and everyone was playing it. We're like, you know what, actually, this is kind of dope. I'm actually going to enjoy it. So I was like, hold back, Flint, just hold back. And over the Black Friday sales, it was like 30 quid or something. I think it's on sale now. So I was like, yeah, I'll get it. And um, I've got to be honest, I really am enjoying it. I'm digging it. So, okay, I'm going to describe why... It's, it's kind of got its ups and downs. And, you know, people listening to this have already played it and made their own opinion. But just hear me out. It takes ages to load. It's buggy as hell. The menu screen is really cumbersome to get to stuff. I have no idea what my objectives are. The loot system doesn't make sense. The fact that when you're putting stuff together to up your stuff in terms of, like, you know, upgrade your armors and stuff like that, you've got to find these stupid little currencies that you've never heard of and you're never going to want again. It's destiny. It's destiny. Wait, wait a second. So, um, am I am I right in thinking? So, I, we've just got a message from producer Moles. Okay, come up on the screen. <laughs> Moles. It says fifty-four percent rating. I assume that's the Metacritic score. Oh, that is it. He's, <laughs> I'm loving this. Wow. Well, I mean, and yeah, there's a reason why it's at that 54%. And it's because of those things I've mentioned before. Like, it is basically kind of how Destiny started out. Now, if you read the book, Blood, Sweat and Pixels, highly recommend it. They give you lots of case studies on games that have started out pretty poorly and then through iterations, patches afterwards, become something really special. And this, in spite of all of those things, when you are together with the Avengers, when you are being your four or your Captain America or your Iron Man or you know, Kamala Khan, anyone you pick from that, you have moments where you feel like a superhero. You feel like Spider-Man swinging through the streets in PS4 Spider-Man. You feel like you are the biggest, baddest guy on the planet, and it is an amazing feeling. And you know, that feeling you get in Arkham Knight when you're like putting a combo together, when it sings, it sings beautifully. And for that reason, 
it's gotten me playing it even more so. Now I'm still on the campaign at the moment, and I think about I'm about three quarters of the way through. They've just dropped some DLC, and they've got a roadmap for the rest of the next year with stuff coming out. Also, they've got a free PS5 update coming, so when you got your next gen consoles, you'll be able to actually, you know, hopefully the chuggering of it will, will slow down a little bit. But there's something about it that hot damn, you got me. That that promise that Anthem had. When, you know, and let's never forget, they showed us that video that made it look amazing. And then like two years later, like, oh, wait a minute, half of it disappeared. Like that thing it promised on you could be Iron Man and fly around. They actually achieved that with, with Iron Man, in my opinion. My my biggest takeaway from playing the demo of or the, or the, the open beta of, 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 of uh, Marvel's Avengers, I could not get past the art style. Oh, what you mean? The characters not looking I, I, like I absolutely you guys. Hate it. So I, I, I will give you one other kind of, uh, of confession, if you will. Okay, so gaming's um, naughty secret is if you're addicted to like gacha mobile games, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a mobile game I've now been playing for, um, I would say nearly a year, about a year and a half. I'd say it's coming yeah, about a year and a half or so every single day. It's a game called Marvel Strike Force. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I know that sucker. It's dope. It's right? That's all I have to it's say. Crap. It's dope. It's riddled with pay to win. It's riddled with all of that stuff. It's a nightmare, but the art style is absolutely incredible. Like every like it's the best version of a Magneto I've ever seen on like in, in, in a video game, um, format do you know what i mean like the art style is really really nice i looked at the art style when i was playing uh the avengers freaking hated it i thought it looked (laughs) cheesy i was it was look it was like who are these stand-ins for the avengers i don't think that it helped them releasing kind of like straight after like civil war and endgame and all that a lot like i just it felt like a b-movie cast playing the, the the cast Either make them look so wonderfully stylishly different, as in they're not even meant to be real people, or just go up to Chris Evans and say, hey, man, can we scan your face, please? Money! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) In in their defence, after the beta, they went back and they basically changed the character models so they looked better. But that being said, they still don't kind of look like their movie counterparts, which means it still doesn't make sense. And here's the thing that really winds me up is they have hundreds of uh cosmetics none of the gear changes your stats you upgrade your stats and there's no cosmetic appearance so you could have your iron man look exactly the same from the moment you unlock the character to when you've maxed out his level but actually all the stuff you've applied to him underneath it is so everything's cosmetic now spider-man ps4 went and got every suit you could think of they were giving you the free ones from the movies there's pre- there's pedigree for going out and getting cosmetics from these movies so why the hell have they not done this so far because well, quite so frankly this, will, this, sorry to interrupt but this was yeah. one of the reasons why um the injustice games are so good yeah certainly injustice too because even though the small changes to the cosmetics were were minimal your Batman looked different to some other guy's Batman that you fought online, right? Completely agreed, man. And I yeah. really, it, it's it's tiny, but when you're personalized, when you're personalizing it, it's not just the abilities that you choose or the, the the style that you choose. It's the fact that your guy looks a little bit different to everyone else's. It's your you've put your own care into it. Now I understand, you know that the cast was built up over the years in terms of the actual real life cast, so you're never going to get their actual appearances it's going to be difficult to, 
But, but at least give them the costumes got, that they wore. But this is it. They've got yeah. how many years of inspiration to choose from? Yeah. Like, and, and I do. It was a different suit. As I understand, there there are different outfits. Like, so, but they're like the whole thing, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you can like get. You, you can't like put a different glove on compared to shoes. I couldn't make a different configuration of all the different parts of all the of all the costumes. It's basically here's twenty costumes and you pick them. And I mean, yeah, that's a really interesting point you, you touched on with that. But I have to say, the voice acting is probably some of the best voice acting I've heard in a game in a long, long time. Like, if you go check the IMDb page of the voice cast for this game, it's probably the best voice cast assembled for a video game. And it does show so good to the fact that actually you can overlook the shitty design because all of a sudden the voice acting just just overtakes it so the story is actually really good and the way it's put together is fantastic it is very much a clone of destiny just with marvel characters which is not a bad thing i remember when i read that and i was like oh you got you've got you had my curiosity with a destiny ripoff you had my soul with marvel characters but um i'm going to check back on this in a few weeks time because i generally believe similar to how destiny diablo uh I can't think of any other games off the top of my head at the moment, but games that did not start off particularly well, but over a period of upgrading and working communities made it into something special, this could be that. Dude, No Man's Sky just won the Gamer Award for... Uh, they won an award at the Gamer Awards, right? Yeah, and Sean Murray, you, you took my money four years ago, and I hated you. Now, now you bastard, I'll give you a big kiss, because <laughs> you worked at it, and you made it good. Moles, now you're a man who is a, a busy producer, doesn't have too many times to play, but you did partake in some stadia action i i did what was your like what was your i've got to be honest i i don't think we're there yet in terms of streaming stuff i played playstation now for a minute and i was like also the x cloud stuff seems pretty cool but stadia is supposed to be like it's ready to go what's your take from it i think in in principle the concepts are great okay there's there's been people come and go tried streaming services and there's people i mean microsoft are really pushing on their their streaming as well but you will never get over the fact that there is lag. I don't care. Even if you hook something straight into the internet, there's always going to be that lag from when the player presses the button or from when the, the, the cloud servers have to send a really busy um, screen motions. There's always going to be something that distracts you from what you're trying to do and you're trying to play it you cannot get that 100 percent fluid with a streaming service i mean you can't get it with with a local console i mean we've had reports this week with uh cyberpunk having jittery issues on the base consoles of ps4 frame rates dropping right down mm. to 10 well, actually, like, that's what you say cd project red with a uh, witcher right that had a crap start to begin with and then over good uh good updates and great community involvement they built witcher 3 into being one of the best i'm like i know it's one of your top games ever right yeah and when i started that game i was really excited for it and then i tried the first little bit of the game and i put it away for a week because i was like this is janky af i do not enjoy this whatsoever and um it didn't help that i came i literally completed bloodborne and then went on to the witcher one controls like a ferrari the other one controls like a boat and it was just uh, going from one to the other which is baffling but the witcher patched in like literally bloodborne-esque movement um and they, they they completely redesigned all of the menus they did all kinds of stuff to make that better um 
with look with with cyberpunk I want to hold fire and, and, and see what happens there just because they've been under ridiculous crunch as far as I'm aware. Um, CD Projekt rated a really interesting one. I'm going to go off piste a little bit here. Yeah. They are a very, very controversial studio. They do a lot of things to make people think they're the good guys and they're not the good guys at all. They, they're, they're, a, they're an interesting one. They're a really interesting one. One of these days we're going to do a deep dive into CD Projekt Red because they – they're not the good guys before, you know, they, they get a lot of good publicity, the Witcher and stuff like that. And the fact they gave away a giant, they gave away DLC every week for the start of the Witcher three. And they, they gave away a fuck, uh, almost swore again. A, uh, they gave away a soundtrack. They gave you an actual instruction manual in the days of, you know, you're not getting any of those things anymore. They gave you a lot of fan service. And they ain't like doing that. that for a warm fuzzy. No, this is it. They, they have some very, very shady, practices that go on there um but on to your point about stadia moles um the thing that i struggle with is that there are only a certain select few games that can survive not having that one-to-one feel um fighting games out of the question where you if you're relying on iframes ain't happening racing games out of the question the only real things that i can think of i mean shooting games fps is out of the question um, the only things that I can feel like would work are kind of turn-based uh, JRPGs or something like that. Maybe even a um, like a Civilization VI. Um, Football Manager works on Stadia, for example. They they use a lot of cloud services for that, just because it's not something that requires one-to-one movement. Um, yeah. Civilization VI would be perfect because you could load up everything and run it in the blink of an eye because it doesn't require that tactile feedback. That's why I've kind of not gone towards because um, they started doing cloud games for Switch. So Control, uh, one of the best games over the last two years. I think it's on sale at the moment. Actually, if you can get your hands on it, I really, really recommend it. They've done the Ultimate Edition um, is now available on Switch, but they specifically called it Cloud Ultimate Edition. The reason why is because they've partnered with a cloud-based company who are going to basically doing all the grunt work for you and streaming it to you specifically to your switch now i know my switch chugs and i'm not an expert and i know that's probably not related to its computing capabilities to the streaming capabilities but considering especially in the uk like 90 percent of the time your internet is not good enough to sustain the requirements needed to get a consistent frame rate right so i dare not go near that sort of stuff quite honestly mm. that, that's kind of what i experienced in the, the few games that i did play on stadia it's just, no matter what it is it's just there's always that distraction that you are streaming and there's always those little nuances when you're looking at the screen or you know you hit a button and nothing's happened did it did it register my button press or you know you're you walk into a, let's face it, a war zone and there's explosions going off and there's all sorts of movement and action and it just really slows down and i i get your point you're saying that you know Developers can patch those as best they can after release. You know, they get community feedback. But that is when you're localized and you can do it. And it, you then have that one-to-one feel again once it's kind of fixed. But when you've got, you know, internet latencies, you've got input latencies, you've got, you know, how busy are the servers? Who knows? Uh, and the games need to be optimized for the streaming. It's just too much of a distraction to warrant to continue paying for the service now i don't i don't know how many of my other friends that i know have stadia and, and have continued to use it dude is dead but i 
Yeah. Where are you? Where are you? Google on? Plus. Do you think you're like four where years you? time? They'll just be like, oh, we never done that. No, we never done that. What are you talking about? Dude is dead. I mean, I, I, I frequent gaming forums fairly often, right? So um, I go on Risa Era a fair amount. It kind of yeah. gets on my nerves a little bit, but I go on there and see kind of what's going on it because it's one of the most populated places. Google Stadia barely gets talked about unless it's, unless someone's had a bad problem with it. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not in front of people because yeah. at the end of the day, all people care about right now are getting their hands on a PlayStation. Right, true. Speaking of which, I get so frustrated with PS Now because if they just put a little bit of effort into it, it could rival Games Pass. Like X- Xbox's Games Pass is incredible, the releases and stuff like that. And I do think that they should just can the whole streaming thing and say, look, this is net- Netflix for games. You download it to your machine. You've got a limit of two at a time or something. You have to uninstall it to go download something more and have at it look at this amazing catalogue. Because the catalogue is actually amazing, especially towards the end of this generation. Something that I keep saying to people like Producer Moles, which is that if you've missed the last generation, oh boy, oh boy, you are in for a treat because there are so many good games. I'm not going to go into them now because I'm sure we've got a feature about that sort of thing coming up in the future. But uh, yeah, the ability to download that sort of stuff for a premium price of a subscription fee Sign me up, man. You've got my you've got my soul. Yeah, and the, to be honest, the only reason that I, um, I mean, I have an Xbox, an X, an Xbox uh, One, the original one, like the first one that came out. I think I, I got drunk and bought the uh, Forza edition of it, it's blue, <laughs> and arrived the next day, and I was like, "What the hell have I bought here? What's going on?" It was an Xbox. It makes a car engine sound when you turn it on. It's very distracting because you can't turn it off. So if you're trying to play video games in the middle of the night, it goes, and you're like, oh, okay, brilliant. Um, I've never played anything on it. I played Halo 5 for a minute, and that was it. Um, But I did try Game Pass on it, and it's awesome. There's so many games. Unfortunately, that console is showing its age now, so things don't really work so well on it. But um, I know a lot of people that do utilize the Game Pass service because it's really, really good. If you're not a, a real serious gamer... It's a really cost-effective way to okay. What a present for some part, as well. Yeah, buy a console, um, have it in the living room as a media center. Like you know, you can do all kinds of stuff on it. But then also for the low, low price of X amount a, a month, you can download a bunch of games and kind of have a play. And and to be fair to Microsoft, they put their latest releases on Game Pass. Yeah, Battle it, it's really Battle good value. Like the originals that are coming for it are incredible anyway that is giving you a bit of a flavor about the sort of people we are but what about you get in contact with us uh, coming up next i was very fortunate to have a little chat with someone very uh, very special her name is shelly blonde uh, the name might not ring a bell until you hear her voice she was the original voice of tomb raider she was very i was very lucky enough to have a quick chat with her and i thought i'd splice it in so you get a little feel for the sort of stuff we're going to be doing on this podcast and the stuff you like we'll do a little bit more the stuff we don't like just like stadia we'll go away into the night Absolutely delighted to be welcoming here our first guest, Shelley Blonde, aka the original voice of Tomb Raider. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I've got to be honest, like I mentioned before off mic, I'm a little bit nervous. And the reason why I'm a little bit nervous was because you are part of the reason that I fell in love with video games back in 1996 when oh, me wow. and my dad got a PlayStation. Your voice was probably the first human voice I ever heard on a video game. And for a wow. lot of people, that must be the case. What do people say to you when you say, I'm the original Lara Croft? Uh, well, that's lovely to hear, by the way. Um, 
I get mixed reactions. I get some people just look at me with their mouths wide open and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, some people, some people say, I knew I knew the voice. I knew I recognised your voice. And other people say, like you did, you were such a big part of my childhood. And, um, and it, I suppose my voice stirs up so many childhood memories for them. And, uh, and that's a very, very special thing. It's lovely. I mean, some people go, you know, some people aren't gamers. So they're like, I don't even know who Lara Croft is, but um, <laughs> it's, it's so lovely when someone, someone has a, has a nice reaction to it, especially if it's um, because they, they played the game in their, in their youth, you know, in their, in their childhood. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, the fandom is huge. I, I'm not joking. I've seen people with Lara Croft tattoos. I've, what's the weirdest thing a fan's ever bring to you or said or, or you've seen? Because I, I imagine you go to loads of conferences. I keep Whenever I Google and done a bit of research for this, I can see you're really good with the community and stuff. Oh, that's lovely. Um, well, I really, really enjoy it, actually, to meet them at um, Comic Cons and things. It, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um I, I I don't know. I think I just think it's I I enjoy seeing them all dress up as her, you know, especially at comic cons. But we did have a few uh, gentlemen that dressed up as Lara um, <laughs> at the uh, at the um, Hammersmith Apollo when we did one of the Tomb Raider suite concerts there. He looked fantastic. Um, it just just when they make such an effort and and everything goes into it, you know, they've got the shorts and they've got the boots and the pistol and the hair and the glasses. And really, they, they really go to town and it's magnificent to see. And I wish, I wish that not only did I have the voice, but also the legs that some of them have (laughs) because they look sensational in the outfits. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And you are in amazing company as well. You were the the sort of, uh, the, the forebringer of lots of amazing voice talents that followed you. People like yes. Keely Halls went on to oh, take I on the role. Have they so ever much. have they ever put you guys together? Because I feel like there's like an amazing panel here. No, no, wouldn't that be lovely? That would be great. You can all have, have all a, girls, a Lara Croft scream off together. Yeah, I, I um, I'm very very friendly with Janelle. I think she was the third, the third voice. Um, And uh, I've known her for, you know, over 25 years. Um, But I've, I've never met the other ones. I've never spoken with them. Never. No. So that would be, that would be really interesting to get us all together. That would be very cool. But um, you talked a bit about the the concert stuff um, before, I think it was in 2016, they got together Mm. and uh, I think it was Nathan McCree. Was he the original composer of the first game? Yes. He was the composer of the first three games of the music for the first three games. And um, when I joined Twitter um, a few years ago, well, I think it was five years ago, he got in contact with me. And the, obviously the last time we'd, we'd spoken was when I actually recorded the, um, the game uh, back in 96. Um, and he said that he was putting on a concert and would I be interested in hosting it because not only was I the original voice, but I, I also did lots of presenting in my time. So he said it would make sense if you would like to host the evening. And um, wow, I was very touched. And I, I really, at that point, didn't really have a clue about the fandom and about um, about the love for Lara because I'm not a gamer. So I didn't, hmm. you know, I'm not in that world. So I didn't have a clue. Yeah. So it wasn't until I went to the Hammersmith Apollo and hosted it. Um, actually, it was the Eventum now. Um, and I, you know, thousands of fans and and feeling the love and seeing their faces, you know, you know, not only when I came on, but, he, you know, watching on stage the London Philharmonic Orchestra, I think it was a hundred piece orchestra playing Nathan's phenomenal music. Mm. You could see them with their mouths wide open, really breathing in the game again and you know it was was lovely I didn't realize until then 
really how powerful it all was and it was um it was wonderful to be asked by Nathan to to host the show and I've I've gone on to host it again at the um I went on to do it at the Royal Festival Hall amazing and yeah it was it was magnificent really magnificent Oh my god! I'm I'm so. Yeah, it's one of those things that you discover. I think I saw a poster for it in London not too long ago. But oh. just, it's one of those things where you go, "Oh my god!" Well, I knew this. This, yeah, like oh. I say, the fandom is huge, and I'm sure yes. it'll be back again as well. I, oh, I think yes. I read somewhere famously that you're, you said you're, you're not a gamer, and no. that the actual gig itself only took about five hours to yes to, to shoot. Did you get any? And apologies if you've said this in other interviews, but yeah. have you? When you get people like Nathan saying, "Okay, so you're going to be like, voicing this." character can you make a noise that you're pushing a big box please <laughs> like <laughs> what sort of direction do you get for that sort of stuff that that's it basically what you just said they'll yeah they'll say you're falling off a cliff could you please scream like you're falling <laughs> off a cliff or and then you've got to do that 400 times um and then they'll say you're coming up for air so you know you have to do the <gasps> the gasp as you come up for air or or and you have to do it over i've got and anxiety over. just speaking my health bars going down hearing that <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no. So that was it. Was it was minimal time spent doing the lines. In fact, I can hard. I can only remember one or two. You know, welcome to my home, or I think I'd better get out of these wet clothes now. <laughs> there were minimal, <laughs> minimal lines, but lots and lots and lots. Ninety percent of the time was was the sound bites was taken mm. up with doing the sound bites. Yeah, I mean, you said you're not a gamer, but I think one of the things which can't go unstated with this is that if you look at the the latest person to voice Lara uh, as a Camilla, actress, yeah, Camilla, she mm. done the motion capture and stuff like that, and I think that's such a a representative of how the craft of voice acting in games has oh, yes. evolved over that and you you were one of the first to, to kind of bring human elements to this so, uh, uh, fair enough I'm sure someone will contact me to say actually Adam I think you'll find but this is the <laughs> one that sold yeah exactly seven million units can't be wrong right this is yeah. the, the first time a lot of people saw this and this game broke so many barriers in terms of 3D yes. games and stuff like yeah. that it's absolutely amazing um it's, it's amazing what she does now you know i have seen clips on youtube of, of what goes into performing as lara now and and it's odd because the the same year i did a show um i did a voice for a character called ice on a show called um total reality and i i had to have the mocap you know the, the the buttons all over my face and so it was just my um the character's face you'd see but of mm. course every time i moved the face would move and it's odd that it was the same year as the first Tomb Raider, um, but they didn't do that then. Mm. It's only in later years that mocap has come, uh, you know, to really, and it becomes quite filmic with the movement of the body as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. There's something I want to ask, and please feel free to say no comment on this. I'm over married course... already, you know that, yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, well, there's always divorce. But um, in terms <laughs> of the last year of video games, it's been very much like a revival of classic games. So because a lot of video games from that period have had milestones, we've had Crash Bandicoot being remade, we've had Final Fantasy VII being remade, but not just like a, a kind of remaster, but they're literally going back, getting the original code. And if that game was made today with modern standards, and it's mm. been a, a, an amazing way to revisit this well. And I mm. know there's been rumours in the past about uh, looking at remaking Tomb Raider in that right. sort of vein. If, and you know, you can just hypothetically, if a phone call came in and said, we would love for you to grunt and, and make harsh noises again, is that something <laughs> you'd be interested in? Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. They just have to ask very nicely. I, <laughs> I, um, oh, I'd love to. She's so, 
she's so special to me. Um, I'm so grateful that I, that I, I mean, you know, obviously I, I didn't have a clue who she was, what she was, how successful it would be. You know, it was just a gig to me. Mm. Um, but it's, she's become so dear to my heart and, and because she's so dear to so many, you know, I feel even stronger about her. Um, and I, if they did, did, um, you know, remake, I would, oh gosh, yes, I'd jump at it. Absolutely. Ah, oh, amazing. There I we go. That's, that's, that's my first, my first clickbait story for this podcast. There we have it. <laughs> She confirmed Uh-oh. she's back. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about someone else doing it if it was the first game, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, what can you do? But, I, it, yeah, I would love it to come full circle. That would be magnificent. It would be. And like I say, I mean, it's a, have you? I know you've said at the concert you've seen odd clips of it and stuff like that, mm. but you know what I find fascinating is that whenever video games ever pop up in other mediums, so, for example, you'll be watching a film and someone's playing a game and they've managed to get the license in to show it quickly. Have, oh, you, yeah. have, you, have you ever gone, oh, that's my game, oh, that's, that's no. my, my character? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have I have been at people's houses where they've been, you know, in, in America, you know, all over the world, and they've got the game there, and they might not even know that I'm the voice. <laughs> And, and I'll say, oh, you're a gamer. And they go, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I love Lara Croft. And I say, oh, you got the first game. That's nice. Um, <laughs> you know, do you want to play it? Let's let's have a look. And then I'll do the voice along with them. They go, no, my God. You know, they can't believe it. Yeah. So it's funny. Oh, fair enough. But no, I've never seen it in a film before. Oh, fair enough. Have you seen it? Did you see? Because there's been quite a few movie iterations of the of character. What's your, what's your take on the film adaptations? Um, I, I didn't see... Um, is it Alicia? Um, yes, I didn't Alicia Vikander's, yeah. Yes, but I I have to say I have a I have a, a, a light burning for Angelina. So I, I thought she was magnificent. Uh, she was exactly Lara, the epitome of Lara. Everything about her was Lara. So mm. for me, she was she was just she was up there for me. I'm not you know, I'm sure Alicia was phenomenal, but um, you know looks wise accent wise yeah timing as well oh yeah it was yeah i i I agree with you i I love that second movie as well it doesn't get enough love Uh, oh no she yeah phenomenal oh amazing okay so you've already answered basically all my dream questions to ask (laughs) but one thing i'd love to ask because i know a lot of people that that do listen to this and and from other podcasts a lot of people are really into voice actors and getting into voice acting and just kind of like a a random question to ask at this point but if someone's starting out now what Mm. sort of advice would you give them um, first of all, I would say set yourself up at home with a with um, recording equipment because now more than ever uh, with the COVID situation, um, studios are closed or people don't feel comfortable, confident going into studios. So I would say have the stuff to record at home. Um, you do need an agent. Generally, um, you need an agent. Um, so you would I would suggest um, that you make um, s- some recordings of commercials um, um, using any accents that you think you're very strong at, or if not, just using your own voice, but doing um, several commercial commercials on there, um, a narrative piece, and then send it to every single voice agent that you can think of. Um, I was very lucky because I was doing a show in the West End at the time and uh, when I got taken on and I was doing different accents in the show and somebody came backstage and asked me if I wanted to be represented by them they were voiceover artists so I had a really fluky easy route but I I have many people saying you know I'd love to do that and 
you know, you, you can't do anything without getting a, a tape made um, and, you know, and, um, you know, showing off your, your, your skills. It's a gift and it's a, it's an art and it's mm. a craft and it's, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not, you know, everyone thinks, oh, it's so easy. You know, you go in, you, you speak a bit and you walk out, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a craft and it has to be honed and it, you know, and you have to look after your voice and, um, you know, it's, um, it's best gig in the world though. Best gig in the world. Oh, there we have it. Advice from yeah. the best of them. Um, Shelley, thank you so much for your time. I really, really do appreciate it. And My uh, absolute yeah, pleasure. Best of luck with you. And oh, I've got to mention it, Yakety Yak, all the folks uh, at Yakety Yak, your, your agency. Oh, my friend, honestly, they are, those troops, I tell you, they are phenomenal. I've got Jolie, Helen, Max, Will, Harriet, and and, and, and uh, Dolly the dog. They are, they are phenomenal. They are um, so supportive. They have been incredible in lockdown, getting all their artists work. Um, and they just, they always have your back. And uh, oh, I love them. They're nuts and I love them. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Shelley, and take care. Thank you so much. You can always tell when I'm really nervous in interviews because I'll just nervously go, ah, and then just go, yeah, amazing. That's amazing. Oh, absolutely amazing. 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 Anyway, thank you, Shelley Blonde. You are a legend, and I, I hope to speak to you again soon. Anyway, Producer Moles, do you know what time it is, Producer Moles? It's time for the wheel. <laughs> we should put that in some form of like a jingle for you. I love it. So basically, we've got a bunch of topics to talk about. We have no preparation time for this. And in the future, we'll ask people to contribute questions and stuff like that. But obviously, this being our maiden voyage, we obviously needed to pick some ourselves. So I'm going to spin a wheel now. You'll be hearing it, uh, a nice clickety-clack, and then it will give us a topic. And then we'll just basically crack on from there, really. Such a satisfying click. Right, so gentlemen, games ripe for a remaster. So this is about games that we have loved from our childhood or our histories, or it doesn't even have to be that far back, but games you would love to see as a remastered up. I mean, over the last few years, look at some of the remasters we've had. Moles, I know you're thinking about the Resident Evils. Mikey, come on, man. Demon Souls, we were just talking about it a second ago. But before we go into the ones that we'd like to see, they get the, the conversation flowing. What remasters recently have you just gone, that's tip top, you know, that's chef's kiss. That is, I want to spend the rest of my days playing that. While you're thinking, I'm going to humbly suggest the best remaster of recent, part of my games of the year list, actually, which we'll we'll talk about in another pod. It's got to be that Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, The fact that they lovingly took the feel of that game. I know it's completely different. They changed the battle system. They changed the soundtrack. They changed. They introduced voice actors. They got rid of a bunch of the game because they only took the first six hours and stretched that into a 40-hour game. But somehow playing that, I just felt this is how the game was in my head. This is how – I know the graphics were back then, but now this is how they look now, and this is exactly how I remember it. And they got that feel. They got the feel of it, which is so different to the crappy remakes we have had in previous years. Like The attention to detail now, the love of the craft, looking at the original code, that sort of stuff. I want that. If that is what remasters are going to be in the future, then I don't care. You can stop all new IP. Just give me what I remember because that's my friends and I want to be with my friends. So, <laughs> Mikey, what, what's your thoughts, man? What's your what do you think's ripe for a remake? What's ripe for a remake or what's yeah, like, been what? a good remake? 
go over your, sorry, you're right. Go over the stuff that you think has been good, and then what you think goes into could be a good remake, or you want to see. Okay, it. well, I mean, from a from a remake perspective, I mean, look, Link's Awakening has been great um, so far. Um, I really liked the Pokemon um, Let's Go games. The ones, uh, Pikachu and Eevee. I, I, I'm a sucker for Pokemon games anyway. Uh, Red, blue, when I was a kid, were amazing. It was wonderful to be able to hug a giant Snorlax as he <laughs> as he crossed the, the map. You know, uh, going into a cave yeah, and seeing the What's that? He's gone out with worse, eh? Oh, exactly. It was, it was wonderful to go into a Diglett's cave and see Pokemon hanging around. That was a genuine whoa moment. The game itself wasn't the best because they got rid of a lot of the battle system, but I, I did enjoy that for nostalgia purposes. Uh, I thought the Crash Bandicoot remake was really good as well. Um, oh, mate, those precarious vision guys are incredible. They're very good. Uh, I, remake, right? This is it. My, the, as I was about to say, the, the best remake that I've played in my entire life is the Tony Hawk's 1 and 2 remake. Uh, that's... We'll get to the game of the years on another pod. That will be up there for me, one hundred percent. I have a game of the year list from nineteen ninety seven and this year, and it wouldn't look too dissimilar, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it's I absolutely loved everything about that remake. Everything they did was perfect. Uh, I wouldn't change a single thing. Um, but no, my um, the game that I want remastered or remade the most is Banjo Kazooie. Oh, he's gone big. There's no, there's no other game. There's no other game for me. Uh, that is, it's my favorite game of all time. It's the best game I've ever played. It's perfection. And I, they released a HD like remaster of it for the Xbox. Um, and I think, I think it's in the rare collection as well. Um, I want it built from the ground up. I want Grant Kirkhope to be the the composer for it, to remaster all of the music because the music is again it's the best soundtrack of any game ever made as well in my opinion. It's the best platforming game ever. You can take Super Mario 64 and put it somewhere else because Banjo-Kazooie I don't want I, I'm at the stage of my life now. I don't necessarily want a Banjo 3 <laughs> because I don't think they could do it. The team doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, the team that did make that made ukulele, which I'm not a big fan of at all. Um, I don't think they can do it. They can't do it justice. So just remake Banjo-Kazooie with love, care, and attention to detail and keep the spirit of the original alive. And I, I will literally buy an Xbox One X if they do this. I bought an I bought an Xbox 360 because of Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts, and that was a I regret that decision every day until <laughs> for the rest of time. I will buy an Xbox One X if they if they remake Banjo Kazooie from the ground up. Well, there you go, Big Phil, get on it. Um, one of the games that I would love to see, and I don't know if this works anymore because you remember, like gaming goes through periods of everyone's making the same style of game for a little bit. You know, we've had open world being the big thing over the last few years, but before that, you've had things like the old point and clicks. You've had the turn base. You've had the first. But I sound like such an old man yells a cloud, don't I? But um, there was a time, probably in about the late nineties, when point and click strategy games were the jam. Right, like everyone, whether that's your Civilizations or your Age of Empires or your, your Command and Conquers. And I don't know if it would work now. I don't even know if it would work on a console. Maybe bring it back for PC. Command and Conquer Red Alert. Yeah, they already I, did it. I know, but do it again. <laughs> no, no, but they literally remastered it a few months ago. Oh, really? Ago. Oh, my yeah, God. It's amazing. They, they, they've, so it's part of the new... Um, 
the new and kind of initiative, I guess, from I think it's EA that did it. I may be wrong there, but they, um, yeah, Command and Con- Command and Conquer Red Alert was literally remade from the ground up using, but it's all 2D. It's all original sprites. Oh my um, god! The engine is perfect, and they've even left in the exploits that you could use in the original game. Because they're like, well, that's how people know it. They know the different exploits with the sandbags and things like that. They left all of that in, but they've literally remade it from the ground up. It is genuinely incredible. I bought it one minute after it was released, and (laughs) I played the crap out of it. Um, One thing to note, and it's one of those, again, kind of old man, the yells at cloud kind of thing. It's so freaking hard, man. Games back then were hard and us kids, when we were that age playing it. Hours on one skirmish, and you wouldn't even save it afterwards. There was no benefit in doing it. You just been like, oh, okay, I built up my, my reserves, I built up my, my Tiberium, and I, 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 I conquered the map, and that's it. It's over now. But for that well, one you hour... You would like, always it. leave one, one soldier alive from the, from the <laughs> one power plant there, just so then you can continue building your base. That's the key. But no, dude, they've already done it. It's it's incredible, and their roadmap is to then now the next one will be to make uh, Red Alert two, and then oh, I believe they're going to into, uh, Tiberium Wars and things like that. Oh my god! Okay, so that means I still have more wishes. Is that right, Junie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I get one more wish then back in the canon. Okay, there was a game in 2000 on the playstation one you might not remember this game it was one of the first games to actually take a big hollywood actor and give them their own video game we thought it was going to start a franchise yes i was a day one guy we've already talked about me being a day one guy i was a day one guy i purchased this game it was starring none other than one of our famous thespians yes that's right bruce willis this game was called apocalypse and it was absolutely incredible. Like, seriously, it was a completely original story. I can't even remember the story other than the gameplay was dope as. It was back in the day when the control style was shooting forward was triangle, shooting left was square, shooting right was circle, shooting behind you was X. And that is how you played the game. All the voice work was done by Bruce Willis. Obviously, the likeness was like Bruce Willis. I think the only reason why they picked Bruce Willis was because back in the day then, the only thing you could animate that looked like a human being was a white bald guy. So that's why it was easy to do for Bruce Willis. But... I want them to go back and I want them to get Bruce Willis because I know he's, you know, he's, he's stopped doing those car ads for Die Hard, pal. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get back into mother-loving apocalypse. I want that game to be remade. I want that to be rebooted up. And there'll be a small little section of the internet, probably only led by me, saying do this. But if I've already got my wish of Command and Conquer, then this is just my, this is the icing on top of the cake. Give me apocalypse as well. Can I, can I, can I uh, guess what producer Moles would like to be remastered? Oh, yes, a good one. Try. I'm more of an old school gamer, so I've gone for way back. Uh, and it's it's not going to be a Final Fantasy game. I know you guys know I love them, but I have chosen Is it WWF. Nah, oh. WWF Smackdown 2, Know Your Role. Oh, no, hours i burnt playing that game creating your character and giving them all their stats to make sure you get the full 250 points or whatever it was to make your guy fly through the air and it was just brilliant that's sad can i can i share with you some some true gaming news what some of the potentially i as you know i'm a huge pro wrestling fan my game of choice when i was a child was wwf no mercy that was the n64 equivalent of of smackdown were um I no wrestling video games have come close. Back in the day, No Mercy was a game that you could give to people that weren't wrestling fans, and within five minutes they would be having a blast. 
It was a perfect party game. And it was one of the reasons why pro wrestling in the 90s was as big as it was. Now, would you like to hear something really cool? Drop us some knowledge, sir. There's a new company called AEW Wrestling, okay? All Elite Wrestling, uh, headlined by Chris Jericho, who I'm sure you both will recognize. And um, they are making a wrestling game. And one of the lead guys involved in it is a man called Kenny Omega, who is big in the Tekken community. He's a big Tekken and Street Fighter player. Nice. And they have made the, uh, the, the declaration that it will be as close to no mercy as possible. That's what they want to do to the point where when they launched their official video to show off everything and to announce it, the last bit they said, it's one, it was one of those, oh, and one more thing moments. They have tracked down the director of WWF No Mercy because uh, the company that made WWF No Mercy, Aki, they now make really weird like games, like, like dating games and stuff like that. They don't make any kind of games you'd heard of anymore at all. But the director of WWF No Mercy has signed on to be basically the consultant for the brand new AEW wrestling video game which hopefully is the spiritual successor. And hopefully we will finally have a good pro wrestling game again, 20 odd years since the last one. I cannot wait. Oh mate, that's you've, you've, you've got me, you've got me by the dangles there and moles the feels from remembering those SmackDown games. I used to remember literally, I, I don't know if this was a thing, if this was actually true or not, but I felt it was true that they kind of knew the roster of what up and coming wrestlers were there. And although they weren't characters in the game, there would be cosmetics or things you could unlock where you could make your own wrestler. And I remember in the first SmackDown, Jericho wasn't in the first SmackDown and you could make Jericho. Cause he pretty much, you could get his, you can get the trousers, you can get the hair. And uh, I, I remember it was Jericho or something. There was someone who was up and coming, who was just about to make it big and didn't quite make it into the game. And you could pretty much make them. God, I love that game. That career mode could go on forever for days and uh, everyone just running up the cage and yeah, oh, that brings back the feels, man. In fact, like it really pushed the boundaries in terms of the out of the ring stuff, didn't it? Those uh, no hold bars matches where you'd be like in like a, I don't know, like a canteen or something. And oh man, how brutal though. Do you remember it was the, they even introduced the first, um, first one bleeds matches yeah you had the, the first blood matches you had the hell in a cell matches i remember smackdown 2 uh when i first put someone through the the cage uh the, the big the big panel will fall away and things like that they were dude that, again it was one of those things where you know the, the way wrestling games have gone over the you know, last several years 2k obviously published them now for wwe and they are a dumpster fire um as indicated by 2k20s miserable launch and subsequent failure to, to, to work in any level whatsoever. Um, they're very much about the simulation gameplay, really only appealing to the enthusiasts of WWE. Um, those games are more fun when they were arcade, where they were pick up and play, easy to learn, hard to master. That's that's the sweet spot where you can give it to your mates when you've had some beers. Um, within three minutes, they get it. You know, that one's kick, that one's grapple. Have fun, mate. And that they're... That's the key to those types of games. Yeah. Also, am I right in thinking? I'm sure someone will correct us on this. Was that one of the first games to introduce some form of massive finisher move with the shoulder buttons, which basically is now a staple in all fighting games? Uh, yeah, I think L1 was the finisher, right? That was that. Yeah, right. Was, that was I was really thinking you built up a, men- you built up a, 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 a 
a gauge and then you'd press a button and that would do a cinematic finish of some mm. kind. And like I think they were like one of the first fighting games to bring that in. Like if you play anything made by the guys who make Mortal Kombat and all that sort of stuff, even Tekken started adopting it as well, right? They'd always be able you build up a gauge and then you you fire your your thing. And who knows? Like maybe there was inspiration from that. Like I say, I'm sure someone listens to this with more knowledge than us will will tell us we're wrong on that. But um absolutely man. Oh the feels I, honestly, I thought Moles. I thought you were going to say either oh, is it Arcanum? Is that the game that you liked? Yes, which was basically a Diablo ripoff. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it was either that or when Flint was talking about Apocalypse. I thought then we were going to somehow transition oh, into Smash TV. Oh, Smash TV! You're going old school. I was thinking Ultimate Alliance was a good, Ultimate good Alliance game. They did Ultimate Alliance three, which I didn't play. I did play that. Flint, you've got a Switch. How come you haven't bought that game yet? Because it's 60 bones, mate, and they don't put it on sale every... Like, literally, I've got, like, a Google alert set up for when Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 comes available. I am so stoked to this uh, to, for this game to be available, but also I need it to be a little bit cheaper because I don't know. I don't know. I think I will just give in eventually. On a that, that, that game sold me as soon as they said, by the way, we're giving you X-Men DLC, and finally I can play as Gambit again. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, I'm in... Uh, I give uh, here is all of my money. Take it now before I decide to do anything else with it. Because and I, I did, I didn't regret it. I absolutely loved the game. The story was a lot of fun. It was like what it was like watching Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of the tone. Yeah, they went and got like basically they assembled the Avengers of voice casting, right? So basically, they basically said, look, screw this. Who cares about continuity? You love the Peter Parker in Spider-Man PS4. We're going to get that guy to do the voice of our Spider-Man. We're going to go get, I know you don't care, but we're going to get a guy who sounds exactly like Bradley Cooper to be our Rocket Raccoon because that's the version you know and love. And I just, there's something about that that is great. Did they get Mark Hamill to come back and do Wolverine? Did he do Wolverine originally? So in the video game, in the video games of Wolverine, it's been Mark Hamill. Yeah, I know. So, you know, like there was an X-Men Origins game. And everyone says the film sucked, but the actual game itself was, I see producer Moles' face as he's Googling right now. So he'll probably tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) But um, yeah, Mark Hamill has played Wolverine in quite a few video game adaptations and they've all been fantastic. And uh, he's nodding. Producer Moles is nodding. It's good. It's good. It's good, people. No fact finding here. We're good. But but yeah, man, like, I, I don't know if he's in, if he's Wolverine in this one, but um, but yeah, the actual voice cast is stellar. Well, I mean, they've got, I know they've got Nolan North in it, right? He's in yes. everything anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Played, he's, I think he um, plays Deadpool Stark. and Rocket Raccoon, if I remember correctly. Ah, okay. All right, cool. He's um, Tony Stark in the Avengers game as well, and he does an absolutely stellar job. He is basically doing a Robert Downey Jr. impression, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, but yeah, absolutely incredible. My, my favorite favorite bit of crossover voice acting in ultimate alliance three is they've got a fellow called is it fred tassa tata and he does three voices in 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 the game one of them is beast one of them is Hulk, and one of them is ghost rider what I mean, if you're going to do a Venn diagram of, of, of character voices, I don't know if that would, that would line up nicely. But hey, that shows the dude's range, to be fair. Anyway, what games do you think are ripe for a remake? Let us know. Thank you for listening to this. This is obviously the first of many, hopefully, podcasts that will be out in the near future. We are dropping a few episodes together at the same time. So hopefully there's another episode for you to get your ears around straight away. But if you're listening to this post-January, we'll be dropping fortnightly. I want to be thanking my fire team. I'm going to be thanking, first of all, Mr. Michael Carden-Edwards, a.k.a. at Michaelness. 
How you doing, buddy? And thanks. It's been a pleasure to be here. There we go. And to round it all off, the man, the, the, the man in the chair, as they say, producer Moles. Thanks very much for having me, and I'll see you again soon. Nice. You can check me out on PlayStation as at Guardian Flinty, although I'll probably be changing that to something else another time. Uh, keep wearing a mask. Keep being safe. Till next time. <laughs>